Today on Real Ghost Stories Online, did listening to our podcast somehow cause a haunting in a home? That's what one listener wants to know the answer to today on Real Ghost Stories Online. Welcome to Real Ghost Stories Online. Call in your real ghost story now at 855-853-4802 or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. You are about to enter the world of the unknown and quite possibly the undead. This is Real Ghost Stories Online. That it is. 855-853-4802 is our phone number at Real Ghost Stories Online to share your real ghost stories with us. We would love to hear them. Of course, you can write in on our website, realghoststoriesonline.com. And if you like our show and help keep us on the air, become a supporter, an extra podcast person, as we call them. Sign up at ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash realghoststories. When you do that, you get access to all of our bonus episodes, advanced episodes of the show, the archive, and it's only $5 a month. All of it also ad-free, no commercials whatsoever. You can binge away to the world's largest audio archive of ghost stories when you do that. So please do sign up, ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash real ghost stories. Tony and Harper with you on today's episode of the program. If I hit 200 followers on TikTok, um, when my treehouse is done, I'm going to do a giant special. You're going to do a giant special from your treehouse? Yeah. And you like put a zip line on it or something? Or what are you going to do? You know what I'm going to do. What? The painting. The painting? Yep. Okay. The giant cactus mural. Oh, oh, but you have to hit 200 followers first on TikTok. Is yeah. that, is that, okay. Yeah, uh, that's you, what I'm going to do. You're going to broadcast it live as your painting or you're going to just take, make special videos about your, your mural? I'm going to do like parts of it, like mm-hmm. three minute parts. Cause now mm-hmm. you can apparently do that without having to have like a million followers or more. Okay. <laughs> Now, if you want to follow Harper, it's uh, HLV961 uh, on TikTok to follow little Harper uh, and her adventures with the treehouse, which is uh, p- being painted right now as we speak. Yeah. It's uh, it's pretty cool. We'll uh, we'll put more pictures of that up once it's uh, once it's complete. I've been holding off on that, but it's a it's a cool treehouse. Uh, 855-853-4802 is our phone number here at Real Ghost Stories Online. Let's uh, jump into our stories today. Starts out saying, "Am I inviting the supernatural into my home by listening to your show?" Hey guys, my name is Dave. I'm from the UK. Found your show. At the start of the used latest lockdown in January and have listened every day. This is my story and question for you. My wife and I moved into our house 13 years ago. After about a year, we had to put our dog down. It hit us hard, but got comfort that a few occasions both together. And when we were on our own, we'd hear little clicking claws on our wooden floor. Like the noise of a dog's paw and get the smell of wet fur from time to time. It lasted for about six months and then stopped. We'd like to think it was Lucky, the name of our dog, telling us that she was okay and for us to move on. After that, nothing happened for a long time. Well, not until recently, at least. Since I started listening to your show, little things have started happening. Things like TV channels changing on their own. Or on multiple occasions, me seeing things in my peripheral vision. But when I turn to look, nothing is there. Most recently, our living room light dimmed and I was in there on my own. The light switch is the one that turns and the power is only at the one electrical point in the room. 
At first, I thought there was a drop in power, but when I checked the dimmer, it had been turned down, so it was not a power issue. I know many people may think that I'm imagining this now that I listen to your show, but I really do not think that this is the case. These occurrences happen at different times, not during or just after listening to your show. I really do not believe it's simply that your show is playing on my mind and my mind playing tricks on me. I've never feared anything like this. Four years ago, we got another dog, a golden retriever, and every so often he'll look at an empty space and growl at essentially nothing. Is he seeing things? This is what makes me think something strange is going on if he senses things. And I seeing odd things. Maybe something is happening. Since nothing has happened apart from the time we first lost our beloved Lucky, but now things seem to be occurring. Could me listening to your show be inviting things into my house? I thought about doing a Ouija board, but I'm not sure that's a good idea. What are your thoughts? Well, the, the Ouija board would just summon more things. So it's a big no on the Ouija board. I know how many times that I've said on the show that I've been wanting to do a Ouija board, but... You're being sarcastic. Yeah, I'm always being sarcastic. Also, this, what I'm about to say in the next second, is also sarcastic. Sorry, bud, for what's going on, but we're not going to stop what we're doing. <laughs> well, he doesn't want us to stop what we're doing. He's just interested if the idea of talking about these things uh, or listening to things about these things could, in fact, um, create something. You know, I, I do not know the answer to that. I think it might be about the environment in which um, these things are discussed and brought up. And if there's something already there, uh, I, I, I think possibly. But I'll tell you this much. We've been doing this show for many years now. And I can't say I believe we've ever conjured anything up simply by by doing all of these shows uh, in, in the various places that we've lived. Now, I will say I, I've had experiences where I thought my own energy, not connected to the show, not connected to um, anything that, that we're talking about or anything with it, may have acted up a couple things. I, I had some interesting things at uh, late last year, in the beginning of this year, with some electrical stuff. I had a light in my bedroom that it would turn on by itself. The fan would start by itself. It would kind of flicker. It would do weird things. Now, it could be weird electricity, but it hadn't done it through most of last year. Uh, it, it, and until towards, oh, I'd say maybe the last quarter of last year, it kind of started acting up. And uh, But that was a very, very stressful time and emotions were insanely high. Uh, after that, and after things kind of calmed down, stopped. So I, I think our energy can influence things, um, especially when it's you're at very traumatic, stressful points in life. Because we have special powers. I, I, and I don't think it's necessarily ghostly. I just think it's something that we do naturally that is just not identified yet. I think it's just a natural thing. Um, but I don't attribute it to any of our stories. I don't attribute it to doing a ghost show or anything like that. Um, so could it happen? Yes, but I think in the right environment. Yeah. So that's that's my thoughts there. Uh, 855-853-4802 is our phone number here at Real Ghost Stories Online. Let's go to our next caller. It says, you should have, uh, you have, you shared my, two of my submissions. I really appreciate it. This is the last story I have, and it's my wife's story, not mine. 
My wife has worked as a nurse for the last 45 years. She used to work at the largest hospital in our state. Its campus consists of several separate buildings and a 15-story tower and several helipads. Apparently, it's a state-of-the-art facility. My wife has worked in two different departments there and had paranormal experiences in both. Her first job was in the 15-story patient tower. She was on the 11th floor, which was a trauma floor. You went there if you had a bad accident that required surgery. So she dealt with people in bad shape. She's seen a lot of people die, but she usually handles it super well. She worked a lot of nights and holidays. One evening, she was assigned to the corner pod, which is just a group of rooms located on the corner of the department floor. Things were going smoothly, apparently. Unusual for night shifts. She told me she was watching Netflix at her station in between making rounds. She got a nurse light and went quickly to the room that called her. It was a middle-aged woman. She said, Can you please keep these children in the hall quiet? They keep laughing and running around and it's keeping me awake. My wife, who was watching Netflix at her station in the hall, knew there were no children. The woman had a head injury, and so my wife just thought she might have been a little delusional. My wife said something like, don't worry, we'll take care of it, and went back to her station. She sat down at her station, got another light from a different room. She went in, and there was a young lady, probably her same age. She was in a motorcycle accident with her boyfriend. The boyfriend was fine, go figure. Anyway, this young lady said, these little kids keep shouting and waking me up. Aren't visiting hours over? My wife said she got the chills when she got back to her station. She asked the other nurses if she's ever heard any little kids. The nurses all looked at each other and said, Dude, they're ghosts. Patients that stay in the corner rooms always hear children. My wife never heard the children, but always had patients that did. Eventually, she changed specialties and moved into labor and delivery, which she worked for several years before quitting once she had her daughter. She worked as a surgical technician and would scrub into the C-sections, which she really enjoyed. Part of her job is to make sure all the rooms are stocked with medical supplies, including the operating rooms. She told me she always got the heebie-jeebies in the operating room by herself. I do not blame her because it's a spooky place. I went there when we had her daughter. This night, she was stocking the cupboards in the operating room when someone called on her. The voice, a handy no-touch walkie-talkie type thing nurses and doctors use to talk to each other. It was another nurse asking if she wanted lunch at 1 a.m., she said she'd be finished in a bit and they would go to the cafeteria. She got to her final cupboard and went to open it. She tugged and tugged and could not get it to open. They do not lock. She thought it was weird and inspected the door. Nothing weird. She called her coworker and waited for her to come. She needed a key badge to access the operating rooms and I guess her coworker knocked on the door instead of using her badge. My wife walked over to the door, went to open it for her friend. When she heard loud crashes and bangs, it made her jump and scream. She turned around and each of the cupboard doors in the room flew open and the contents of the cupboards fell all over the floor. Her co-worker said, whoa, what'd you do? Of course, my wife did not even know what to say. They felt a chill and they both got goosebumps. They both cleaned up the room and were able to open the last cupboard without problems. They told the other nurses and they said, don't you know OR2 is haunted? Okay, so the haunted hospital story sounds like something from a horror movie. It does, but there's a lot of haunted hospitals. No kidding. And I think it's a natural place to to have that. I know, but I never really has got have gotten a story that dramatic about well, a hospital. Yeah, you've only been on the show for like a year. <laughs> I know. There's many more to come. I know. There, there's been a lot of them. I know. But I have heard another one from actually my sister. Okay. 
Livy. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> Remember when she had to go to the hospital? Okay. And why they were in the hospital? Um, they heard children. Yeah, you're right. That it was a children's story. They were in the hospital, and they're like, "What is going on?" It's like it was later in the evening, and didn't somebody go and look, and there was nobody in the halls? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, you know, I I wonder, you know, it's a place, you know, people die in hospitals, including children. No kidding. And if you're young and you, if that's where, in fact, you, you die and then you're there, uh, your spirit is, you know, when you're a kid, you, you want to explore, but your, your boundaries of exploration kind of stick to the areas where you are at. You're not necessarily going to go start wandering the streets. Um, as a child, um, I would if I was no, you won't. Uh, <laughs> um, but uh, it, it, it's something where you end up kind of looking around, and you may not even realize you're gone. Um, it could be like a weird dream-like state. I think sometimes it's uh, it's interesting how that all works. But it, it it's not surprising to hear that children are doing that. It just makes you want to help them, though, figure out. How to get from point A to point B so they're not endlessly stuck wandering the halls uh, of the hospital. I would. I would so. I would just so wander the the halls of the hospital. You'd be cool wandering the halls of the hospital? Of course for, I would. For all of eternity? Well, not for all of eternity. Just, just if for a I, while. Just for a while. I would knock on the doors of some patients, freak them out. I would go to the cafeteria and make all the jello shake. Because in hospitals, there's always like a big thing of like jello. There's like cups of jello and like squares of jello. And if, if you're going up to the, the little buffet thing and you're like, why is all the jello shaking? It'd be me. I'd be shaking the jello. <laughs> I'd be I'd be preparing hot chocolate in the back. Are you putting weird messages into the jello too? Yeah, like, I see. It'd be great. It would be wonderful. <laughs> I would haunt the crap out of people. Oh, I, I think you'd have be, be amongst many haunting the hospital then. Uh, 855-853-4802 is our phone number. Let's go to a call. Hi. Hey, guys. Uh, my name is Storm Large. It's my real name. I know it sounds fake. Um, but I am a touring musician. And so your show and podcast and Patreon has been a huge gift to me as I am on the road, as you can probably hear the road right now, uh, I'm on the road a lot. Um, and so I'm a huge fan. And Harper, I am becoming a huge fan of yours. I can't wait to binge all of your episodes as well. Um, I am not psychic, not officially, but I am sensitive, I would say. And I have had many, many um, spiritual encounters, odd, um, odd events, and curious um, situations um, that I would just always chalk up to the paranormal and sort of let it go. But uh, this one that I'm going to tell you about is the most, most extreme, I would have to say, uh, one. Now, in 2006... I was on a television show called Rockstar Supernova. It was a singing competition um, to be the lead singer of a quote-unquote supergroup, including Tommy Lee and Jason Newstead of Metallica and all this stuff. And all of the contestants 
starting out, I think there were 16 of us, um, and we were all going to live together in this big old mansion. And they were going to film us 24-7, film us singing, film us rehearsing, film us living, um, and uh, it was going to take place in the summer of 2006, and it's all very exciting. And so as we're all in buses being moved into this, um, mansion, which is this really old, beautiful mansion in Silver Lake called the Paramore. Um, I hear one of the producers saying, oh yeah, we didn't know if we were going to put you guys up in this house or if we were going to put you up in some kind of a hotel, um, because the house is haunted. And there were some things that happened last season. And, uh, but I guess you guys are going to be living there. So you're going to have to, I guess, deal with it. And now, this is a reality show. It's a music show, but it was also a reality show. And so I was like, yeah, okay, whatever. They, I figured they were winding us up, getting us ready to be scared, and they were going to film us, they were going to freak us out, and whatever. So I was like, you're not getting me, homie. <laughs> so anyway, we move in, and beautiful, gorgeous house. Um, and uh, we've got the run of the place. I mean, we're on camera the whole time, but... It was really a gorgeous spot, um, beautiful, interesting grounds and everything, and lots to explore. So we're there. The summer is going on, and um, now the thing about the house—it was an old, old, old house. And the summer we were filming in 2006, blazing hot. A huge heat wave came in. I think it was August, and it was just unbearable. So they. Because it was such an old house and because of the level of electronics required to film and record and cool everything down, they needed extra power, auxiliary power. So there were some generators on the outside of the house with huge power cables all bundled together, sneaking in through windows and doors to make sure that things stayed, you know, lit and whatnot. So I was kind of always nervous about a fire hazard because it was so brittle dry and such an old house and there was so much electricity pumping in there um so I just kind of always kept an ear open an eye open you know smelling smoke you know, anything just looking for anything um and so late in the show um there was about seven or eight of us left I am in my room with my roommate Zaira we're each in our little beds and we're asleep and all of a sudden I wake up and I hear the sound that I was pretty sure was the sound of arcing electricity. It was just this sort of like a, like a, I don't know, a buzzing electrical sound. And I went, oh my God. And I opened my eyes and I could not move. I could not move a muscle. I could kind of move my eyeballs and was absolutely stricken with terror. The sound of electricity was in my one ear getting louder um, and more weird and more textured. I tried to say Zaira's name and I could barely breathe. And all of a sudden, the electrical arcing hissing sound 
transformed into the sound of, I can only describe as children, dozens of children's voices giggling and whispering all excitedly, all at once, all around my head. I couldn't see anything. And it wasn't so dark in the room that I, 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 I could see into the room and I was awake. My brain was going, dude, you're awake. You're awake. This is happening. And I hear this <laughs> like excited little, little kids whispering and, and giggling and chortling in my ear. And I was freaking out and I was trying so hard to say, wake Zaira, wake Zaira up, sit up, do anything. And finally, with all of my might, I went, <laughs> and I sat up panting my heart hammering in my chest and the little kids voices just went like a wind away and maybe I was tired and maybe I was just sort of in a panic but I thought I saw a bit of a fog in the room and so I very quietly folded my hands and I said okay you have my attention if you have something you need to say to me, a message, I'm listening. And just tell me, what do you want me to know? And clear as day, a voice popped into my ear and said, the Hotel Arizona is going to burn and everyone will die. And I said, all right, is that it? And then it was silence. And I said, okay, thank you. I promise I will share this information with other people in the morning, but please, I'm asking you, please, don't do that again. That was really scary, and that upset me, and I don't think you meant to, so please just don't do that again. I went to sleep, and the next morning I came out, found a producer, and I said, all right, um, you're not going to believe me, but this is what happened. And I tell him what happened, and then I said the message. I said, and I don't know if this means anything. This could have been like a thousand years ago. Who knows? But the boy said, the Hotel Arizona is going to burn down. Everybody's going to die. I don't even know what that means. I don't even know if there's a Hotel Arizona. But that's what they said. And so he said, what room are you in? And I said, oh, I'm in the room right here, right off of the, right next to the, you know, uh, pool right here. And he goes, oh, yeah, the Marigold Room. He said that when they were staging the mansion for all of us to move in, that these great big giant mover guys were bringing in the furniture and bringing in and helping set up the electrical equipment and all that stuff. He said a big, strong dude was in the doorway of the room that I was in carrying a, a dresser. He got in the doorway stopped, froze, put the dresser down, turned on his heels, walked away, went to his manager and said, this house is evil. I'm not coming back. And he left the job. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's, that's my room, huh? Awesome. <laughs> Great. We met a friend of the owners of the Paramore, an owner of the, 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 the mansion, um, a friend of the owner gave us the history of the Paramore, and it is something. Um, it was originally built by 
an oil heiress for her husband, who was a silent film actor and uh, Lothario just cheated on her with men, with women. And she was just, she was so in love with him and she just would wait for him to come home from partying and there was just a lot of sadness. They both died very mysteriously, not in the house, but it was still pretty creepy. And so her family took over the runnings of the mansion and turned it into a school for precocious girls. And so it was a girl's school and um, these young people were in there and then it wasn't making any money so they ultimately sold it to the Catholic Church. And it was run by a bunch of nuns which in turn then turned it into a school for wayward girls. Now the room I was in turns out was the nursery. Now, wayward girls, why would wayward girls need a nursery? Well, there were, I guess, you know, some unplanned pregnancies of these young girls that they would take in. And there was a lot of death because, you know, it's nuns and little girls giving birth and just God knows what, what could have gone wrong medically and tragically and horrifyingly in that room and so um, my feeling was there's just a lot of little kid spirits in there and a lot of sad female energy in there um, and uh, I don't know what's the state of that mansion now but you should look up the Paramore it's on Mickle Terrena it is, it is a very juicy spot for paranormal activity um, but, uh, but that's my story. I have a bunch more. Uh, but again, I just wanted to thank you guys for being out there. I love, I love digging through your archive of stories. Uh, thank you for playing mine if you do. And, um, yeah, um, I'll let you know when I come up with another good one. Peace out, man. Thanks. Well, that's the Paramora for you. That sounds like a really interesting place. I would love to go there. Would you stay there? Of course I would. Anything haunted, including the Queen Mary. I'm, uh, I'm trying to find, I, I don't, I, maybe I'm spelling it wrong, but I'll find it at some point to look it up. That'd be very interesting. You're trying to do a reality show and at the same point you have ghosts, the ghostly things going on. I mean, it's hard enough to try and be in that setting alone, but then how, and, and then you're competing to, to be a singer in a band while you're being haunted. Hotel. I don't know what, how you'd handle getting a message like that. I'd run. If you were, the thing is, here's what I think. Um, you know, that that's a, a horrible thing to hear, you know, in your being whispered to you. Yeah. And it would be very unsettling and scary. But I could totally see you as a ghost just going mm. to people and whispering things like that into their ears, whether or not the buildings exist or not. They'll just be making up names of hotels. Like, the La Quinta on Western Avenue is going to burn. Everyone's going to die. They'd be like, oh, my God, what, where's the La Quinta on a Western Avenue? Oh, my. And, and you know, they're going to get all concerned. And you're just making stuff up. And um, that sounds like me. It does. <laughs> That's exactly what I would do. 
The thing is, I, I've contemplated what I would do as a ghost and how I would screw with people <laughs> since I was your age. So I, I don't feel it weird that you uh, that you also do this as well. It's kind of fun to do sometimes. It really is. Kind of let your imagination run wild. And yeah, like, like I would whisper these crazy stuff into mm-hmm. these people's ears and make them all concerned. But when someone's getting a message from a ghost, I think everybody takes it very seriously especially if it's specific and not just like a you know get out or or just a name or something if you're like if you're conveying like a um a real specific message people are going to be like oh, what? oh my gosh crap oh my gosh yeah honestly here's here's one of the things if you ever hear this um off of the show, then you know that it's me that's haunting you. But what I would do is I would go to someone's ear and be like, Hotel Air, Hotel Scotland, Dr. Midland is going to burn down. And just keep saying things like that to people. Yep. It'd work out well. It'd work out great. Uh, well, there, now we know uh, what uh, what your goal would be uh, as, a, so, uh, as a ghost. To haunt the to yeah. haunt the crap out of people there you go all right that's going to wrap up today's episode of the program if you like the show keep us on the air become an extra podcast person epp sign up at ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash real ghost stories to help keep us on the air uh until next time for harper i'm tony thanks for listening to another episode of real ghost stories online